Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on C19 TV. And if you're listening online uh, to the podcast, that's WGWG.org. Also, Radio WGWG.org. We appreciate it. Uh, we have a lot of fun right here each week. And I tell you, it's been interesting uh, as we have uh, kind of looked at doing some things in a different fashion because of COVID-19. And we've had some guests that normally we probably would not have. Uh, as you notice, uh, Greg Tillman uh, is not here today. He was having some technical difficulties. I, I don't get it. Greg, if I can get on, Thomas can get on. If Eric can get on from Canada, I don't know why you can't get on like from across the county. I don't get it, Greg, but, but hey, we'll give you a pass. We'll give you a pass. Thomas Manning joining us here. And Eric, Eric Martin, there's Greg. He did it. Greg joined us. I don't know what I did right, but I made <laughs> Well, Greg, we were. Don't expect me to repeat it next week. Though. Well, we were just talking about you and saying, you know, if, if Eric can get on from, from Canada, why can you not get on from across the county? So we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm not I'm <laughs> thrilled that something's working right. It's, 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 it's a full-on Monday. Uh, well, Eric Marchand uh, joining us from uh, from Canada. Good to see you, man. Good to see you as well. I hope it's uh, a little warmer uh, where you guys are. It was snowing last week. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, on top of COVID-19, we still have snow in Toronto. We're living in that, that stereotype of Canadian weather still. So, yeah. I'll trade places with you. <laughs> Any Greg, day. Yeah, Greg loves the snow. Uh, he's, yeah. He's got a snow skis. He's, he's actually, if you look behind him somewhere, there's skis and a toboggan and probably a, a scarf or two back there as well. So, well, we are glad to have you, Eric. I'm glad you could join us. I've been wanting to get you on uh, the show for some, some way, somehow for, for a while. And I'm glad we can make this happen. Uh, well, well, give us a little background um, about where your love of film started. And, uh, and then we'll kind of dive into how the whole film criticism, criticism thing started for you. You and I have known each other for a, a couple of years now. We met at a Critics' Choice Awards. We were sharing the same table and uh, we got to spend time with family. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. And, 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 you know, since then, we've, we've kept in touch. And, you know, to have the opportunity to do this is, is a lot of fun. And, and I think, you know, for people that love movies and talking about movies, it's more than just a job, it's a passion, it's a way of, of life and sort of communicating with each other and actually finding people that are in a similar boat and in, in similar interest is always a wonderful thing. Because when you're younger, and you're kind of, you know, first developing your your love and passion of film you kind of feel alone like you're that nerdy movie guy that likes those movies that nobody knows or you know uh that only one or two people will will give a chance if you recommend them um but as a kid i mean i i only really had two passions and the first was marine biology and then as soon as i saw jaws i became too afraid of the water and my love of film became the obsession that I had. And so I was completely enamored by the making of that movie and the process of that film. And obviously there are countless documentaries of, you know, the shark is not working and things like that. And you appreciate everything that Spielberg does as not only a great filmmaker, but as a storyteller. And those two things come together quite well. And then 
specifically I was gravitating towards genre, uh, horror movies specifically. So I'd always go to Blockbusters or Rogers Video and rent a movie based on uh, a cover. Now they're not always the best movies ever made, but that was kind of like my learning process. And then I went to college for broadcasting and film. And you know, I, I, I always had more of an analytical point of view of, of making movies and breaking them down and how they work and what works and what doesn't. And, um, you know, and, and I thought that, you know, my opinion had some value or, or, or merit. And, and so on that, I kept on going. Um, and, you know, I mean, I read all this Pauline Kale and, and Roger yeah, Ebert yeah. like that, obviously. And then, you know, you, you, you keep on branching out and you get to actually become a part of that community and get to talk to people like yourselves today. So yeah. that, that's kind of the origin story. Yeah. Well, well Greg is a, uh, a fan of Jaws as well. And, and Greg and I both have similar stories relating to Jaws. We both saw Jaws for the first time at the beach. Now, that's Greg... What, what? Not the smartest thing to do. Now, you stayed out of the water, but I chose immediately uh, to go in. I went in the pool afterwards. <laughs> well, I went back into the ocean, and I had a lot of fun scaring people. That was just kind of my love. And so, yeah, I was drawn to that. that, that and my son, Thomas, has similar similarities uh, as the way he would treat people as well, uh, right? Well, no, I don't think so. I'm just saying that's the childhood I grew up in. Like, <laughs> that's the type of father I had for 20 years thus far. I don't know how I've made it, but I have somehow. So. It's amazing you turned out as well as you have. I know. It really is. Yep. <laughs> well, in, in spite of things, he has, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. Well, Thomas, you have a love for this film that, that deals with sci-fi, and I think there's a connection with you and Eric as it relates to this uh, guy named Luke Skywalker? Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw your list, and I think every cinephile, movie buff, film lover, whatever you want to call them, has that one film throughout their uh, throughout their life that they can look to and say, all right, that's the one that really ignited my passion. And for you, it looks like it was Jaws. For me, I would say it was Star Wars. And seeing the Star Wars is on your list, that, that made me very happy, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars is one of those quintessential, you know, formative movies for anybody that grew up, you know, obviously in the 70s, but carrying on. I mean, I remember getting to see them with, with my family uh, with the re-releases in 97. And, you know, looking back at it now, some of the choices George Lucas made with adding in, you know, Jabba in, in, in A New Hope and changing the Sarlacc in Return of the Jedi might not have been the greatest, but watching them on the big screen is an experience like no other. Other, but just watching them in general it's the greatest fantasy series it's the greatest hero's journey i think ever you know captured on screen and you know you can uh make fun of and, and poke at the prequels and deservedly so but at the same time it's like you can kind of forgive them because they're part of that mythology and that lore so it's it's always good to revisit those movies especially in times like these when you need something to kind of comfort you or or you know make you feel that it's you know it's going to be okay and and again with the re-releases uh, uh, um, on 4k um they look stunning and and i just hope that disney eventually releases the original cuts from the 70s and early 80s because that would be uh fantastic yeah agreed completely I'm, I'm hoping i'm hoping that happens now eric you are doing film criticism you've been doing tv uh for a while yep. talk about how you got into that and where people may be able to find you online okay yeah um so i started uh as a co-op student uh in high school back in 2006 and um 
Rogers TV Durham is sort of a place where a lot of uh, co-op students go if they want to get into broadcasting and film because it's the closest thing to Toronto in terms of uh, uh, tech and, and, and television. And again, I always had this obsession with movies. I was called a walking encyclopedia. Um, and then one day I had a conversation with a producer on a show called Daytime, uh, Judy Kahlo. And Judy said, okay, well, what do you like doing? And I said, oh, I love talking about movies besides also helping behind the scenes and working on that kind of stuff. And she said, okay, well, talk about the, the most recent film that you, you really liked. And at that point it was The Departed. And so we talked about Scorsese, we talked about Mean Streets, that's her favorite movie uh, for a good half an hour. And she said, okay, well, how about this? Next week, uh, we'll put you on the show on, on a segment called uh, The Daytime Film Fan. And then from there, I went on, I was terrible. I was so robotic, I was so afraid <laughs> and nervous because I, I didn't like doing, you know, like even just like public speaking presentations in front of classes but I knew my, my stuff and I still came off as kind of robotic, but Judy saw something in me that I didn't. And from there I kept doing it and I got better and better over the years. And then eventually um, went to college, started working part-time at Rogers and then came back full-time and eventually we we're like, okay, well let's, let's actually do a, a show, which it started out as the film slate and then became cinema scene. Um, and just kind of expanded from there. And so, again, the, the, the community, the critic community in Toronto yeah. and in, in Canada is very small. It's much kind of sort of divided between uh, Toronto and Vancouver specifically, and that's about it. And you'll get some people on the outskirts, but other than that, like it's, everybody knows each other. So, you know, having that experience of connecting with people that are also, again, very like-minded and going to the movies was just a great experience. But also, I think doing something like this really opens you up and you get to have conversations, but at the same time, you better your own sort of, you know, um, conversation skills. And I think that that's the, yeah. a, a key component. And, and again, it's, it's a lot of fun talking to you guys just about movies. Hey, Greg, does this, does that sound a little familiar about the robotic and then somebody giving somebody a chance? I have clips I can queue up if you want of Noel's first TV shot. <laughs> Let's see it. <laughs> yeah, Eric, I mean, listening to that, it was almost like hearing my own story, at least the part about getting on TV because, because Greg gave me a shot and I really was very stiff. I was so used to doing theater and I was trying to do things in a, in a theatrical way and it just didn't work. But Greg just continued to say, no, you got it. Come on. Keep coming back. Keep coming well, back. I believed in him for one. And second of all, I had, I had a lot of airtime to kill. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if nothing else, it allowed people to laugh at what was going on, whether they were supposed to or not. So, <laughs> Well, uh, so, so Eric, what are you drawn to now? Let's, let's look at some of your list of films, your comfort films in a time of chaos. We've, we've already talked about Star Wars, but, but give me another one or two on your list and why. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I always seem to gravitate towards genre movies. So, uh, you know, I, I have the kind of the classic tastes of the diehards. I don't mind watching it any time of the year, even though it is a Christmas movie. Or, you know, something like The Burbs, which is the perfect staycation film in a lot of ways. And I think it's Joe Dante's most uh, underrated movie. Um, but uh, last night, uh, you tagged me in a post in, in, in the 
you know, what's my opinion of the five most perfect movies. One of them was Jaws, which we've, we've already talked about. But another is, is John Carpenter's The Thing, which I think is one of the best uh, remakes from the 1980s, next to maybe David Cronenberg's The Fly as well. But also, it's just a great special effects film. It's a great movie about isolation and feeling alone. But there's something also kind of amazing about watching this movie that you get something new from it every time you watch it. And you know, Kurt Russell's subtle performance, the synth score by Eno Morricone, that's basically just copying John Carpenter's style of uh, composing, which is just one note. Um, the, some of the best dog acting I have ever seen in motion picture history. Um, it's, it's a fantastic movie and I love the ending, even though some people kind of consider it to be controversial because of its abrupt nature and leaving it open-ended. But I think that uh, as a whole, that movie is just at the height of uh, John Carpenter's uh, powers. And Dean Cundey was a cinematographer who would go on to work with Spielberg uh, and Robert Zemeckis on movies like Jurassic Park. So, you know, I mean, again, uh, I think just a, a perfect movie. Do you still find yourself drawn to horror films? I do, I do, especially in situations of anxiety or stress. I always find kind of facing a horror movie to be cathartic in, in, in a strange way. Like uh, when this was starting to happen with the pandemic, I actually watched Contagion back in February. And I mean, it, it scared me to death, but at the same time, I felt a little less afraid afterwards if that makes any sense just because it's like okay well this is a movie and this is like the worst case scenario even though it's it's quite believable in its and its premise and structure but at the same time you know it's it's something that i think you know we can all relate to you know what's going on right now because it's affecting everybody um but horror movies have always kind of been a comfort to me especially 80s horror movies because i love the cheesiness of them and i <laughs> yes. love kind of the special the, the the practical effects like that's the thing that i miss in a lot of those movies and there are a lot of good you know, practical driven sort of horror movies, again, like The Thing, which makes you appreciate where they were coming, you know, then where you had to shoot everything in camera. Yeah, yeah, Thomas has become a big fan of practical effects too. And, and we've talked a little bit about this. And, and Thomas, any, any practical effect films that, whether it's horror or, or, um, or even action films that you just want to talk about real quick before we get to a break? Uh, well, let's see, looking to something more recently, even just this, past summer uh the creature feature crawl about the you know the alligators under the crawl space and four that we saw together um a few scenes in particular in that one really just boggled my mind that they could pull off something like that and that's of course a more recent example but that the foundations of that can be traced back to john carpenter back in the 70s and 80s awesome good good choice good choice well we're going to take tarantino's favorite movie that, well, last yeah, year favorite, favorite movie of 2019 indeed that's correct yeah, and, and, and Eric got to spend time with Quentin Tarantino, sent me this text, and I was so upset, but then I got to spend time with him at the Critics' Choice Awards, so uh, we're even on that, man. <laughs> well, we're going to take a, a quick intermission right here on Meet Me the Movies. Uh, really glad to have Eric with us, Thomas, and uh, John Kennedy, John Candy uh, from Canada, also here. Uh, that's uh, Greg Tillman, uh, for those of you that may not know, his original name was John Candy. Uh, so we're glad to have him. So do you have a favorite Canadian uh, filmmaker or, or uh, film uh, or actor you want to talk well, I about? I mean, uh, 
yeah, yeah. Quickly, I'll, I'll say my one of my favorite filmmakers, Canadian-wise, is, is David Cronenberg, again, sort of dealing with body horror and sort of Marshall McLuhan and things like that from Videodrome to the Fly. And uh, actor, I mean, obviously mentioning John Candy, I mean, who doesn't love planes, trains, and automobile and, and, and SCTV and things like that? So we've had, we've, we've, had, we've had a couple good people come out of Canada. Oh, absolutely. Quite a few. What, Greg? I said tons of them. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a, a quick intermission. We're going to come back and talk about favorite scenes for movies we would love to be an extra in. Uh, that and maybe more uh, right here on C19 TV's Meet Me at the Movies. They're going to put me in the movies. They're going to make a big star out of me. Just want to let you know, I care. I care. I care. I care. I care. I care. We care about you at Cleveland Community College because we're a family. With all the recent changes that have occurred across our nation and the world, we've been forced to make changes to our schedule and to the daily operations of our college. And we want to make sure that you're able to stay on track with your courses. CCC's care team is ready to help you. They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. Welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. Nolte Manning II here hanging out with uh, Thomas Manning, Greg Tillman, and Eric Marchand. Uh, really glad to have you, Eric. Uh, from Toronto. And man, you've had a chance to do some pretty cool film festivals too, and you're in the midst of film festival country with TIFF. How has that changed uh, what you've been able to be involved in from a filmmaking standpoint, a film reviewing standpoint? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, right now, it seems to kind of be up in the air with TIFF at the moment. Um, there seems to be a digital component being proposed for September, because that's when the festival is, the first two weeks of September. Um, but TIFF, even though it's closed right now, has kind of adapted to creating a, an interactive way of watching movies with uh, film lovers. We have a, a a sort of a, a cable network called Crave. And every week now they're working in tandem with Crave to have a movie of the week. So like, for example, uh, one of the the founders or, or the creative director of the festival, Cameron Bailey, uh, had a interactive Q&A with Mandy Patinkin for uh, Princess uh, Diaries. So, uh, or Princess Bride, pardon me. And, and <laughs> with that... Um, Diaries? <laughs> I'm thinking Gary Marshall and uh, Rob Reiner, but yeah, with the, with the Princess Bride, you got to see this kind of interaction between the two. So things like that are kind of interesting. But in terms of watching movies, the last film I saw theatrically for a, a press screening was Bloodshot, and I was just kind of like, why is this the last movie I have to see? You know, like this is like this is the film that I that I have to admit to people. It's like, yeah, the last movie I saw in theaters was uh, Bloodshot. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know, it, it's it's one of those things where I do really miss it, and just yeah. going to the theater, you know, every morning or every other morning when you get a press invite, and knowing that you have kind of just. A routine outside of the the daily nine to five and that kind of thing I miss and also just being with people that are also interested in watching the movie and talking afterwards yeah. and 
and just having that experience, that communal experience of, of watching a movie and, and it is missed. Yeah, we, we talk, we've talked about that too. And, and I feel the same way. I really do miss that, uh, that experience of going and spending time in the theaters. But I'm glad we get to talk about what we have been able to watch and what we can continue to watch even though we can't go to the big screen right now. Well, what if we could be on the big screen? What if we could be an extra in any film scene uh, I've given this uh, as an assignment to, to all of you, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in the next few minutes. Thomas, we'll start with you. Uh, choose any film scene, and, and we'll see how many of these we get to, but uh, I know you've got a few on your list. That's right. Uh, so I think we'll go back to 1986's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, you might have heard that I like this film once or twice, but uh, I don't know if I've ever talked about it. Who knows? But I think the one particular scene in this that I would love to have uh, taken part in has got to be the uh, Chicago Parade, uh, the Twist and Shout montage where, of course, Ferris gets up there on the float and all of his friends are a bit worried he's finally going to get busted, but he, he does not care at all. He's just having a good time, and he gets basically the entire city of Chicago just to sing and dance and have a great time. People from all different cultures and backgrounds and races, and it's just such a beautiful and uplifting scene, and uh, if I could have been there in that moment in film history that would have meant the world to me that's one of those feel-good moments that you cannot escape and you don't want to escape it you right. want to embrace every second of it you can greg uh, what's on your list man uh what i would consider another beautiful and uplifting scene i would love to have been a part of the food fight scene in animal house <laughs> <laughs> yes why just because you like food being thrown at you because i could do that right now that's been done before. It's <laughs> probably a matter. It, it just looks like, how could you not be having a good time doing something like that? Exactly. Same room with the great John Belushi. Why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Eric, what about you, man? All right, I'm going to be the pretentious one here. So I am going to pick uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, the opening monolith scene with the primates interacting with the alien uh, monolith that's there. I would love to be dressed up as one of those, those primates and sort of watch in the background Stanley Kubrick work obsessively you know, on take 95 and see how his process of filmmaking works. So that would be something to really experience in terms of seminal uh, science fiction uh, motion pictures. Absolutely. Good, good, yeah, good choice. Nothing like dressing up like a primate. I mean, oh, yeah. Pri yeah. Primates, uh, food fights, and dancing on floats. Mine's a little different. Mine's a little different. Uh, the first one I'm going to pick out is just because I would love to hang out with Wonder Woman. And so seeing Wonder Woman go through no man's land and taking on the uh, army that's trying to keep her from crossing, that scene, every time I watch it, I just still continue to get blown away by the emotion that I feel within that particular scene. So the Wonder Woman, No Man's Land scene is, uh, is definitely on my list. All right, Thomas, uh, what else is on yours, buddy? Uh, we're gonna go with the Battle of Helm's Deep from Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers in 2002. And this is basically the epic battle of all epic battles. It's the standard that everybody has tried to reach in the years since. Game of Thrones got close a couple of times, but I don't think they ever quite reached that height. But um, if I could have been there with, you know, I'm sure hundreds and thousands of extras, I don't care if I'm just an elf that gets like cut down by an orc. I don't care what it is. Just, just <laughs> put me in the scene. I want to be there. And um, just to be directed by Peter Jackson, who's one of the most like 
you know, Mad Men directors of the past 20 years, that would have been just an unforgettable experience. Good choice. Good choice. Greg, what's on your list, buddy? There's a scene in Casablanca where the Germans are enjoying their time at Rick's. And they start singing the German national anthem. And the French counter by singing the French national anthem. That was one of the most powerful scenes in a wonderful movie. I'd love to have been a part of that. Especially at the time in which that movie was released. Yeah, they didn't know if they were going to win the war or not. They didn't yeah. know what they were going to win. It was what, 1942, 43? Yeah. yeah. Good, good choice. Good choice. Eric, another one on your list. That's a perfect, yeah, that's a perfect movie as well. Again, like, I mean, just even the end with Claude Rains and Humphrey Bogart, you know, round up the usual suspects, like, Perfect. Uh, my second one would be uh, the Under the Sea dance for Back to the Future. I would just love to hang out and party to, you know, Michael J. Fox rocking out, you know, Marty and Doc doing their thing, trying to avoid being caught and also get back to the future. Uh, I just think it's one of the most enjoyable and uh, fun experiences I've ever had watching a movie. And it, it shows on, on the set and I would love to be a part of that movie. Yeah, yeah, Thomas and I revisited uh, the Back to the Future trilogy just a few weeks ago, and that first one really is, I mean, it, it's still a perfect film, and it still is so, so good on so many different levels, and I would love that scene as well, just to see the history of rock and roll happen right there at that dance. Um, on my list, I'm going to, I've got quite a few, but uh, I'm going to say Dead Poet Society, uh, the uh, Old Captain, My Captain scene. I just, I've always been a fan of um, Robin Williams and that movie spoke to me in a lot of different ways and, uh, and being a, an extra in that classroom when that was happening, I would just love to absolutely be, uh, be a part of that. Well, we've got time quickly for one more and then we're going to wrap things up. Thomas, I'll go ahead and dive in with one more if you got it. All right, yeah, my age is really going to show here, but I'm going to go with from Avengers Endgame, the Avengers Assemble moment. This was basically the climax of an 11 year cultural event. And that was probably that one particular sequence when everybody came back, probably my favorite theatrical experience I've ever had. And of course, thinking back to that in this time a year later where theaters everywhere closed, just the memories, that kind of just brings me a warm feeling inside. I, I can't wait to get back to something like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. Right there with you, getting back to the theaters. Oh man, I'm looking forward to it. All right, Greg, uh, give me something else on your, on your list, then we'll go with, uh, with Eric. Near the end of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, there's a filibuster scene. And I'd love to have been in the Senate chambers watching, just watching Jimmy Stewart work. I mean, what a, what a thrill that would have been. And Capra, too, for that matter. I think that'd been a, a, a very emotional, powerful thing to witness. Absolutely. Another, another amazing film and uh, amazing talent as well. Eric, uh, one more from your list, buddy. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. I'm going to go hang out with Harrison Ford at the noodle stand and just, you know, watch him eat some noodles for a couple of minutes. I think it's one of those great, you know, neo-noirs, but at the same time, it's not really interested in getting anywhere particular plot-wise. And I just think it's a great hangout movie and also of the early 80s, sort of that post-punk, uh, steampunk aesthetic. So, yeah, Blade Runner would be... And plus, you get to dress up in some pretty uh, wicked outfits, so... Blade Runner is definitely one I'd love to be on set for. Yeah, and, and you talk about kind of a visual masterpiece. Um, and that movie was was truly a visual masterpiece. And um, I think about, uh, for my next one that we're going to talk about, 1917 was just a visual spectacular. And 
the scene of running against the tide um, where you've got all of these people coming out of the trenches and you're trying to make your way across this line. That scene just absolutely blew me away. And, and, and you know, Thomas was talking about he would love to be the extra that, that got knocked down, or the, the extra that knocked down the lead in that because it wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it just kept rolling because it was the best take. And, it was, yeah. and uh, and that scene just still blows me away. So I've got a thing about not, about World War One for some reason. But Eric, man, we're so glad we got a chance to spend some time with you today. Thanks for joining us. I'd really love to have you back at some point. Absolutely. So if anybody wants to track you down, uh, not stalk you or anything, but if anybody's interested in your work, what's the best way uh, that uh, viewers can find you? Yeah, so uh, you can go to rogerstv.com slash cinemascene, scene is spelt S-E-E-N, and you can follow me on most of the social medias at EM6211. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much, and I uh, really appreciate you spending time with us. Uh, Thomas Manning, Eric Marchin, and uh, Greg Tillman for Meet Me at the Movies. As always, we uh, try to close with a movie quote of the week, and this one comes from the movie Her, uh, and this is uh, Amy speaking. Uh, you know, we're only here briefly, and in this moment, I want to allow myself joy. And uh, what a perfect quote for, uh, for this crazy, crazy time. Allow yourself some joy. Uh, and uh, I hope you all stay safe, stay healthy. And uh, thanks for spending time with us right here on Meet Me at the Movies, uh, C19 TV. You can uh, find us online at c19.tv. Uh, and if you want to download the, um, the podcast version of this, that's wgwg.org. Till next time, that is a wrap.